Welcome to episode 27 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm recapping the books I read in May. Before I get started, I wanted to thank all of you who have been listening to the podcast. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary, I guess, of podcasting. And um, just as a reminder, if you are a listener and if you like what you hear, try to rate us and review us on iTunes. That's a great way to show your support and to get other people uh, listening to the podcast. So um, a great way to spread the word is by ranking and reviewing on iTunes. And the process is really simple. Um, You can access iTunes or podcasts through your um, phone and then just do a ranking um, on your phone. So it's actually a really simple process. Feel free to Google it if you need to. I know I did. So um, anyway, if you could rate or review us on iTunes, we would so appreciate it. Um, You can find us uh, iTunes at uh, From the Front Porch. Okay, so in May, I actually was able to read 10 books, which is great for me. Um, I try to read one or two books a week, but May was a particularly special month because I went on two different vacations, and vacation reading is some of the best kind of reading. Um, Uninterrupted, um, not just at night while I'm falling falling asleep, so... That's probably the reason I was able to tackle so many books in May. Uh, Let's dive right in. The first book I read in May was I Was Told There'd Be Cake by Sloane Crosley. Um, This is a book that was recommended to me through Instagram and Twitter. That's where I get a lot of my recommendations, recommended reads is through the readers that I follow on Instagram and Twitter. We selected this book as our long-distance book club selection, so I've got a couple of girlfriends who we Skype uh, once every couple of months, and this was our first uh, book club choice. Um, To be honest, this wasn't my favorite. I normally love collections of humorous essays, and I think some people are going to love this one um, based both on the reviews I received prior to reading it and the content I really do think would appeal to a certain type of customer, um, a certain type of reader. For me, some of the essays, it just felt, um, they felt lengthy and, um, some of the essays would have been really well received standalone. Um, I really would have enjoyed them if they were just maybe in the New Yorker or just a magazine article. Um, but a collection of essays, it did start to feel a little redundant. And, um, that's kind of how the other two girls in my book club felt as well. Um, there is a very, very funny story in, I was told there'd be cake, um, about, um, weddings and being a bridesmaid. And I thought that one was spot on and hilarious. And there were a couple of others about Sloan Crosley's for first forays into the working world that I found to be really relatable. But if you're picking this one up, feel free to jump around the different essays. I read it straight through and I think it would have actually served me better to just pick and choose different essays to read. And if you do choose to do do it that way, find the essay. Um, I think it is called You on a Stick. Um, and it is all about uh, being a bridesmaid and going um, to your hometown for a wedding. And it was very funny and very, um, I thought, very accurate and realistic. So anyway, I was told there'd be cake by Sloane Crosley. 
The next book I took with me on vacation. I had been reading it for some time, but I knew I wanted to finish it while I was out of town. So I took Eric Larson's new book, Dead Wake, with me uh, to the beach earlier in May and was able to finish it there. I'm immediately um, planning on passing this one on to my dad. This is a great historical nonfiction book. Eric Larson is an author who I can actually read the historical nonfiction that he writes. Um, I'm very interested in his subject matter that he chooses. This particular title was about the Lusitania, and the story was extremely compelling. Despite, of course, knowing the ending, I wanted desperately to find out what happened to these different people. Eric Larson does such a good job of highlighting different characters and stories from these major events in history. Um, I loved The Devil in the White City, Um, And to me, that book is a must read if you live in Chicago or if you're planning a trip to Chicago, because really one of the main characters in that book is the city of Chicago. And I learned a lot about the World's Fair, um, but I also learned a great deal about the architecture of the city. Um, Dead Wake, again, was similar in that you really just had a group of people that you were learning all of their different stories. And these are not things that you would hear in a history class. So... um, I thought it was fascinating. I had a customer kind of warn me that the first couple of chapters were slow. Maybe because he warned me they were slow, I did not find them to be that slow. So maybe my expectations were so low that um, I was pleasantly surprised at how fast-paced the book was from the very beginning. Um, There is a lot of detail about the ship itself and um, the start of World War I pre-U.S. involvement. And so I thought that was all really interesting. And again, not um, not information I had learned in a history class. And I enjoyed Dead Wake so much that I fully intend to read a biography of Woodrow Wilson um, next because the book really made me interested in that period in American history. So I would highly recommend this one, even if you're not a history buff, even if you're not a historical nonfiction reader, Eric Larson makes them very accessible, makes the subject matter very accessible. And um, although I love Devil in the White City, that one could get a little bogged down at times. And I actually think Dead Wake moved along at a really great pace. So um I would highly recommend Dead Wake by Eric Larson. Oh, and as a side note, I think I mentioned on a previous podcast episode, but a couple of months ago, um, because the Lusitania, the the crash of the Lusitania happened um, in May, late April, early May, um, Eric Larson on Twitter, so the author on Twitter, kind of live tweeted the events of the Lusitania. And so I would highly recommend going back Um, Even if you're not a social media person, going back to Eric Larson's um, Twitter profile and finding how he um, recapped the situations and the incidents that led up to um, the the Lusitania's um, demise. So anyway, that's just a quick tip that I wanted to recommend to you um, if you're interested in that in that historical incident. Okay, the third book I read in May was How to Start a Fire by Lisa Lutz. Um, Lisa Lutz has written several other novels, but I was unfamiliar with her. And this reached me as an advanced reader copy, but it is out now in hardback, and I highly recommend it. Um, When people talk about beach reads, sometimes I roll my eyes because I feel like I read a lot of different things at the beach. Sometimes I read um, memoirs or nonfiction, but... I know mostly what people mean when they say beach reads are light and airy fiction. I think How to Start a Fire um, 
is light and airy, but it's also snarky and witty and a little bit heartbreaking, and there's some sadness to it. Um, It is a story of three friends, and one of them serves as a primary narrator, but you also get the other two. um, You get their perspective pretty frequently. And I found, I think you as a reader will find yourself being able to relate to at least one of them. I found one who I immediately kind of related to, and um, they're is kind of a mysterious element to the book. If you are a fan of Leanne Moriarty and you have enjoyed um, What Alice Forgot or Big Little Lies, I think How to Start a Fire is in that same realm where it's definitely got a mysterious element, um, but and so there's some suspense there and you're trying to figure out what has happened, but overall it's just a story about female friendship and it's incredibly touching and I had been looking for the perfect book to pass along to my um, sisterhood of the traveling book club. I feel like I'm in a lot of book clubs. Um, But anyway, I'd been looking for one to mail off to my friends to read. And this was the one that finally won out. Um, And I kind of wrote my notes in the front and passed it along. Um, It is How to Start a Fire by Lisa Lutz. And if you're looking for a beach read, uh, this one might be for you. Next, while I was at the beach, I actually was able to finish another advanced reader copy called Me, My Hair, and I. It's compiled and edited by Elizabeth Benedict. So this is a collection of essays um, written by, I think, 27 different women about their hair. (laughs) And I will admit that when my sales rep passed it off to me, I was drawn to it because of the cover. But the subject matter was actually really intriguing to me, too, and I liked how All these different female writers, feminist politicians wrote about their hair, but also tied in lessons about culture and feminism and religion. Um, Anne Lamott has a story in there about her dreadlocks, which if you've read Anne Lamott for any period of time, you know kind of the background of her her dreadlocks. And so that was fascinating. And um, there's just lots of different um, stories about women and their hair and it's, and how it affected their relationship with their mothers and their sisters and their friends. I thought this one was really compelling and, uh, it's a collection of 27 essays. So you can certainly, again, it's one of those that you can kind of pick and choose, but unlike the Sloan Crosley book, I actually really enjoyed reading this one straight through. I thought I would not, I thought I would just pick which essays I would wanted to read or pick which authors I was familiar with. Um, But instead, I read the whole thing straight through and I really enjoyed it. It's going to be coming out in September as a trade paperback, meaning this is just a straight to paperback release. And I think that's a good thing because I think this would be a great book club book. So none of my book clubs are reading it. It's not coming out until September. But if you are in a book club, the reason I think this would be compelling is I think your book club could really get into some great discussions. First of all, women have all kinds of hair stories with about either dyeing their hair or I have a story about the time I permed my hair, which was not my finest moment, or the time that I dyed my hair to be Sharon Osbourne in a school play. So there's all kinds of stories for my hair, and I don't even do a lot to my hair. So I'm sure in a book club setting, all these stories would kind of come out and come up and you could tie them into, as these authors do, Um, discussions about religion and culture and pop culture and the effects of pop culture on what we do and how we live. And um, anyway, I posted a picture of this book on Instagram and I got a couple of comments of people who were intrigued by it. Um, Rightly so. It is an intriguing book. And when it releases in September, 
I would really recommend it as a book club selection. I think you could get a lot of great discussion out of this one. Again, the title is Me, My Hair, and I. It's coming out in trade paperback in September, edited and compiled by Elizabeth Benedict. Um, next, I read Lessons in Belonging. Um, this is a book that I read quickly after reading Rachel Held Evans' um, Searching for Sunday. Um, if you like spiritual memoirs um, or if you are in a place of spiritual confusion or growth, then I would really recommend Lessons in Belonging. This is a book um, by Erin Lane. I believe this is her first book, um, straight to paperback, like Rachel Held Evans' Searching for Sunday. Um, but she and her husband are both Divinity School graduates, and she quickly went from being a pastoral student to being a pastor's wife, and so she talks a lot about that. But what I really liked is she writes from the perspective of desperately desiring to belong to a church community and how even if you don't want to belong to a church community, if you are a Christian person or a spiritual person, community is vital to your existence and church isn't something we can just ignore. And I really appreciated that perspective and I found her to be a really reliable voice for a millennial. Um, as a millennial, I found a lot of myself in her story, um, perhaps even more than Rachel uh, than Rachel's story, um, because I am someone who has not ever left um, a church or a church experience. I I have a love. I won't say a love-hate relationship with church. I really love church, but I have had church struggles and church growing pains. And so I liked that um, Aaron, too, has had never had a, a reason or a need to leave church, but instead she writes from a perspective of how do you belong in a church when maybe you don't feel like you belong um, and maybe your ideas and your theology are different from the people you go to church with. And so I really recommend this one. I read it... Um, with my family at the beach. And I think it's going to be one that I recommend to my parents next. My parents are really great about reading books that uh, me and my brother recommend to them or that my brother and I recommend to them. And so Lessons in Belonging by Aaron Lane is one I think I will be sending their way. Um, if you are, again, a spiritual memoir reader, or if you are a Christian or an evangelical um person that I think you would really enjoy Erin Lane's um, writing style and her um, much needed, I think, perspective on church and on church, um, church relationships. Next, I read Save the Date by Jen Dahl. This goes back to my obvious love for essay collections. <laughs> um, I was talking to a customer at the store this past weekend, and she has no interest in essay collections, and clearly I have an over-interest in them. Um, so this is just like what it sounds it would be about. Um, this book is about weddings, and it's just essay after essay of this particular author's experiences as a bridesmaid or a wedding guest or um, maybe even, I think, sister or cousin of the bride. So there's all kinds of stories in here about weddings. I thought it was hilarious. I enjoyed a lot of the essays. Again, it's kind of like Sloane Crosley's in that I don't think reading the whole book is necessary. Um, but if you want to pick and choose, there's some really funny, um, true to life. I think you'll find them to be very, again, very relatable stories about weddings and wedding attendants. Um, 
I thought this was a fun one just to read again while I was on vacation, but I was thinking about it and I actually think this would be such a fun gift for a um, wedding party. So if you've got bridesmaids who are readers or who you know have endured um, a lot for your wedding and that, you know, they've, they've bought the dress and the heels and, and the gifts and, and they've attended all your showers. This would be a very funny gift to give back to them. Um, so it's kind of someone writing from the trenches of attending wedding after wedding. And I think if I remember right, she, the author, Jen Dahl has been in or a participant in at least 30 some odd weddings. Her, the statistic was ridiculous. Um, as someone who has attended several weddings, I've only been in a couple Um, I thought, you know, just her track record was astronomical and of course then contributed to the hilarity of her essays. But, um, if you are going to weddings this summer, or if you are in a wedding party this summer, or you like Jen Dahl are just like running a marathon of wedding attendance or, you know, attending weddings, then please, I think this one would be very funny for you. Um, save the date by Jen Dahl. Okay, the next book that I read was Ella Menope, um, and my husband was really confused by this particular book title. It's Ella, the girl's name, Minno, as in the fish, and then P, as in the vegetables. So Ella Menope. This book is by Mark Dunn. This was my regular real-life book club selection of the month. Um, I just realized, looking back over this list, that three of my books this month were for three different book clubs, which might be a sign there's a problem, but we're going to ignore it and move on. Um, so Elemento P was the selection for our in-person book club here in Thomasville. And it's a book that had been out for a few years and I had never read it. And it was, to be honest, not the book I voted for for this month. However, I wound up loving it and the discussion our book club got out of it reminded me why I love book clubs in the first place. So LMNOP is about the island, fictional island of Nollop, uh, off the coast of South Carolina. So there was a little bit of a Southern element to it that felt familiar to me. Um, but this island owes its beginnings to, um, Mr. Nollop, who wrote the phrase, the quick brown fox jumps over Oh, no, I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> Jumps over the dog. Is that right? Um, there's no one here to tell me if it's right or not. So, <laughs> um, But that phrase that you see, I see it all the time because um, I do a little bit of graphic design. And so I see it as I'm trying to select fonts because that particular sentence uses all the letters of the alphabet. So um, this island is devoted to him and got its start um thanks to Mr. Nollop, who is a a fictional uh, character. But um, the island starts panicking because the memorial devoted to to Mr. Nollop starts losing its letters. And the community thinks this is a sign from Nollop himself. And so they stop using the letters as they fall off the memorial. The book then starts to also... Um, stops using those letters as well, which you'd think would be confusing. And I guess it kind of gets confusing, but really it's just highly entertaining to watch this author start off with using all 26 letters and then slowly throughout the novel using only a handful of letters. Um, And 
you would think that alone would be premise enough, and it is. There's a lot happening there. But there are also so many conversations then about um, government and politics and religion and freedoms and freedom of speech. And um, anyway, it was really a great book club discussion, and I would never have guessed that based on reading the premise on the back of this book. So if you're like me and you've read the premise of LMNOP and you're about to put it back on the shelf because it does not sound, it sounds maybe too fantastical for you. That's kind of how I felt, like this is too fantasy driven for me. It's not at all. Um, This is a story written in letter format, which I always, or I frequently enjoy. And um, it really, somebody in our book club, I think compared it to 1984. And I thought, oh my gosh, this should be a book English classes should read and compare because there are so many great discussions here about censorship and, um, and politics and government and, and freedoms. And, um, we wound up getting in the best discussions. And so I can't really talk about this book enough because I think it was so, um, compelling and, um, unusual, completely unlike anything I have read before. Um, so LMNOP by Mark Dunn, I highly recommend. I think it'd make a great book club book, or if you're just on your own and this has been, maybe it's one of those that you've heard about before and it's been, maybe it's been sitting on your nightstand or another person recommended it, but you kind of brushed it off. This is me telling you, listen to those voices and go get this book. It's really fantastic. I think you'll enjoy it a lot. The next book I read was This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance. Uh, In fact, I feel like I need to yell it because it's got an exclamation point in the title, which kind of drives me nuts. But um, This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance is the name of this book. Uh, It is by Jonathan Evison. Um, You might be familiar with him. He published a book or he wrote a book a couple of years ago. Um, It was called um, The Art of Caregiving, I think. Um, Anyway, Jonathan Evison, and it, the, that particular book from a couple years ago, I believe is about to be a movie. Um, so you may start hearing a little bit more about him. I think you'll also start hearing a little bit more about him because this book is wonderful. So this was an advanced reader copy. Um, I'm so proud of myself. I feel like I read a lot of advanced readers co- reader copies this month, but um, this one comes out in September and it is so good. I, a couple of years ago, read Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which if you come into the bookstore and if you ask for a funny book, that is where I'm going to take you. Um, Where'd You Go, Bernadette came out a couple of years ago. It's by Maria Semple, um, who was a writer for Arrested Development. I proudly read that book when it very first came out in hardback, and I have been a big fan and proponent of it ever since. Um, Fans of the Rosie Project, that's another one for you. And then this one, um, This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance, is so great. Um, And if you're, my point was, if you liked Where'd You Go, Bernadette, if you're like me, if you enjoyed that, this is for you. So it's funny. It follows um, Harriet Chance, who, if I'm not mistaken, is about 85 years old. So that right off the bat is fun to me because we don't often get, I feel like we don't often get protagonists who are in um, their latter years of life. And she has just lost her husband, and she and her best friend are going to go on a cruise. And that is pretty much all I'm going to tell you, except that the narration in this book is spot on and funny and clever. And you hear me use those words a lot because that's the kind of book I like. Um, So 
the Harriet and her friend are set to go on this cruise, and then the narrator takes us back to different points in Harriet's life. So there are some flashbacks. They're never confusing. They're very clear. Um, and the narrator is almost talking to Harriet. So I compared this book. Um, it had a vibe like Stranger Than Fiction, which is a movie starring Will Ferrell that came out several years ago. It's one of um, my favorite movies of all time. And in that movie, Will Ferrell's life is being narrated and he can hear the narration. And there are some elements of that in this book about Harriet Chance. So this is a new novel by Jonathan Evison coming out in September. I think you're going to be hearing a lot about this one. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like this could be one of the next big, um, funny, quirky novels. So if quirk is your thing, go ahead and mark your calendar for September because this is going to be, I think, a really big, fun release. Okay, uh, only two more. So I read You Deserve a Drink by Mamrie Hart, which I don't even know. Mamrie? Mamie? Oh, no. Ma it is Mamrie. M-A-M-R-I-E. Not quite sure how to pronounce that, which is odd given who she is. So, You Deserve a Drink by Mamrie Hart. Um, she apparently is a YouTube star. I don't watch a lot of YouTube, any YouTube, so she was not familiar to me. But a sales rep um, just swore that I would like it. And again, I think that is because I tell people how much I love essay collections because here we are, another essay collection. I'm afraid I read about four of those this month. You Deserve a Drink came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mamrie Hart has a YouTube show by the same title where she creates cocktails um, and kind of dedicates them to different celebrities. I had never seen that show before reading this book. I read this book on the recommendation of my sales rep. Um, it is vulgar. <laughs> so I'm warning you now. It's one of those that I thought after I started reading it, I thought, oh, I probably will put this down. But then I didn't because it was so funny. Um, so I'm warning you, I won't be recommending this to everyone in the store because I feel like only certain types of people will really appreciate or want to read it. Only certain types of readers. Um, but basically each chapter starts with a drink recipe um, I am also not really into cocktails, so <laughs> poor memory had an uphill battle with me because I don't uh, drink cocktails, nor do I watch YouTube. But um, each essay started with a cocktail recipe, and then the recipe somehow related to um, the story memory was about to tell. And she is a very funny storyteller. And so all the, you know, there's some language, there's some um, just some vulgar, crass stories in this book. Um, but if but if you look past that, it's just funny. Um, and so if you've got somebody, a, a probably 20-something in your life who's graduating from college or who maybe um, apparently Grace Helbig is another YouTube star who's written a couple of books, um, if they're fans of Grace Helbig or Hannah Hart on YouTube or Mamrie Hart on YouTube, then this might be a book that they would really enjoy because it is very funny. I thought she was actually a really great writer. Um, she kind of, in the first chapter, I thought, I'm not going to be able to read this because she admits to not being a reader. And to me, the best writers 
are inevitably readers. And so it was surprising to me that she so quickly admitted that she hates reading books. And that was offensive to me as a bookseller, but I kept reading because I just couldn't stop. I don't, I don't even know what else to say, except that it was so funny that I couldn't stop reading it. And I read a couple of censored versions of these stories out loud to Jordan because they were so funny. Um, so I, that's my little disclaimer just for our particular audience at the bookshelf. But um, if you are listening to this and you love Mamory Heart or you love um, the show You Deserve a Drink on YouTube, then I would imagine you would love this book. And even if you don't, this would be a very funny gag gift or very funny book to mail off to friends because it does, it is hilarious. Um, if you enjoy Lena Dunham, um, maybe some Mindy Kaling, then this might be for you. Last but not least, I read The Vacationers by Emma Straub. This is a book that had been on my to-read list for ages. It came out in hardback last year, and I it was a beautiful book, and we sold several copies at the bookshelf, but I never read it. And um, when we were in Washington, D.C. last week or a couple weeks ago, I found The Vacationers in hardback sitting on the sales shelf at Politics and Prose. It was $8, you guys, which for a hardback book is amazing. So I grabbed it. It is awesome. I love it on my shelf. I thought it was very funny. If you're a fan of Maggie Shipstead, um, Shipstead, Shipstead, um, author of Seating Arrangements and Astonish Me. Um, if you liked Beautiful Ruins by Jess Walter, this is right along those lines. I would say... Two, again, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, Rosie Project. It's one of those that's kind of funny, kind of quirky. Um, it is about a family, um, a father, mother, daughter, and then their son and his girlfriend traveling to Mallorca, Spain for a family vacation, and they meet up with a couple of their family friends. Um, and each of these members of this family um they just all have these different issues that they're struggling with, and one of the, the daughters is about to go off to college, and you know there's something going on in the mother and father and their relationship, and you're not quite sure what. And so um, you just get all these different perspectives. But again, it's never confusing. Um, instead, it's very funny, but you will want to read what happens. So I think I read that um, Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and uh, Committed Signature of All Things, she reviewed this book, and I believe her review said something about, I had to stay all, up all night to make sure these characters were okay. And I felt the exact same way. Like, I've never read a review on the back of the book where I thought, mm, that is spot on. But it really was. Um, so I read this one. I'm very fortunate. I can read in the car. So we drove to Washington, D.C. and back. So on the way back, we had a 12-hour drive. And I um, we listened to a couple podcasts. And I read this book. And I finished it before we got home because I desperately wanted to know that these characters were going to turn out okay. Um you know, it also reminds me a little bit of This Is Where I Leave You, except this is better. <laughs> so if you liked This Is Where I Leave You, go ahead and pick this one up because I think you'll really like it. Um, good news too, The Vacationers debuts in paperback this week. So if you're listening to this podcast, good news for you. This one is already ready in paperback just for you to take to the beach because it is called The Vacationers and it is the perfect vacation book. Um, it's not too light, not too fluffy. Um, it's really well done. Emma Straub has done an excellent job and now I want to read everything she's ever written. Um, so there you have it. 10 books in the month of May. 
I don't know that I will be doing this again in June. 10 books was a lot. Um, but when you go out of town and you have 12 hours in the car, you can read a couple of books. So, um, if you have any reviews of your own, or if you've read these and you want to let me know what you think, I'd love to hear from you. You can find show notes at iTunes or at our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Those are great and easy ways to communicate with us. You can find us there at Bookshelf T-Ville. That's T-V-I-L-L-E. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Bookshelf Thomasville. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week.